Praise God. Hey, we serve an awesome God, don't we? We serve an awesome God. We serve in an awesome church. We have an awesome family, and, uh, and we enjoy an awesome forgiveness. Amen? Uh, this series has just been fantastic. Uh, our life group has been talking about forgiveness for like the last six sessions or something, even b- before we started the forgiveness series, because we were doing restoration. And of course, prior to restoration, one of the platforms to restoration is forgiveness, isn't it? To be restored and, and to be reinstated, we need to experience and receive forgiveness. And so, um, you know, my life group's been buzzing because we've been on forgiveness and we've already been talking about it. So, um, But it's just a subject that I am passionate about um, and it is such a crucial part of our faith. Amen. So I would like to pray, um, but before I do, I just want to share with you just how awesome God is. You, you guys already know, but, um, but I'm just going to remind you. Isn't it cool how the Holy Spirit, we, we all are connected to the same Spirit, amen? We are in unity in Jesus. And, uh, and just what's being spoken about today, I had no idea. Uh, I know some of uh, Kerry's testimony. I had no idea what she was going to share. Um, I had no idea what Paul was going to pray um, you know, all of these things, they tie together. And this morning, so far, before I've even got up here, I'm excited because everything has been a confirmation upon confirmation upon confirmation that the word given to me is from God. So I'm excited. So I ask that you be expectant because in my time preparing for this, I always, you, you always get the, you know, the nerves and you struggle with this. Is this me or is this God? And when I opened my Bible, as I sat down to prepare, this scripture was the first one. It wasn't where I was looking. I just opened my Bible about to turn to where I needed to go. And this scripture, which I have circled in my word, is uh, from Mark 13, 11. And the second part of this verse just says, just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. How's that? The Bi- I don't know if any of you have uh, like had a look at the Bible. I hope you have. But it's a rather large book. And there are many, many there's 66 books, 66 love letters in that book. And there are so many verses in there. And of all the verses, of all the times, of all the things that I was stressing about, I open up the Bible and I see, just talk, mate. It's not up to you. <laughs> It's not up to you. This is the Holy Spirit. So be expectant this morning, church. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a loving God, that you are a forgiving God, that you are fully loving, fully just, fully forgiving, that the love you have for us is an agape love, a relentless love, a pursuing love, even, even so far as to say a violent love, you will fight for us. So, Father, this morning I pray that every heart in here is expectant to hear from you. Every heart is ready to receive. Lord, I pray that ears are open, eyes are open, and that there's soft soil here for your seed to be sown. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, Kerry, for sharing. Uh, your, what you shared this morning, I've been, I've been in a wrestling match with God for the last week, and what you shared this morning has really confirmed what God has spoken to me, so I just want to encourage you in that. I bless you. We've got a good God. And for those of you that, um, you know, one of, the, one of the tricks I've learned of the enemy is to keep things in darkness that he wants to keep in darkness. And Kerry, you just brought something that is often kept in darkness into the light, which is what the Word says, everything will eventually come into the light. 
So for those of you that might have been confronted by this story and, you know, didn't realize that these things are going on in the world, I'm telling you, the spiritual side of this world is very real, is very alive. But I tell you just what Ruth said, I'm just going to confirm that our God is bigger than everything. Amen. The God that we serve is bigger than everything in our lives, and He is sovereign over every aspect of our lives. So you do not need to worry. You do not need to be anxious, because the God I serve, my Jesus, has got my back, and He's got your back, and there's, there's nothing, nothing on heaven or earth, above or below, that can separate you from the love of Christ. Stand on that. It's real. It's real. Praise God. All right. So, for me, there's been a couple of great messages on forgiveness already. Um, from, uh, we had um, Alan Stevenson, who came over. He's uh, a, a missionary over in Tanzania. He's uh, established the Joshua Foundation. He great, spoke a great teaching on uh, spotting out the signs of unforgiveness in your life. He spoke about bitterness and, and how you can identify when there is unforgiveness in your life and that it affects your health. It affects everything. Um, and that unforgiveness, or, or forgiveness rather, is our daily bread. It's something that we practice each day. It is actually a muscle that we can flex and grow and build. So if you, if you feel you struggle with unforgiveness, I'll tell you what I feel when I go to the gym, I struggle with the weights, but one day I'll be like Lance and I'll be able to lift big weights if I just keep going. Amen? Praise God. The same, the same with your forgiveness. Got a license for those guns, bro? <clears throat> and then Pastor Paul, uh, he shared an awesome message. He spoke about God has forgiven you. You know, we often, the first question, the first stumbling block is, oh, how can God forgive me? But I tell you what, He's got the same plan of forgiveness that He has for me, for you. He's got the same plan for forgiveness, the same path to restoration uh, for me that is through Christ. He has that same plan for, uh, for everybody else out there, even the ones you think, oh, they don't deserve it. Well, the truth is, neither do you, neither do I. We don't deserve it, but the same path of restoration is laid before each person. Amen. So, he has, he has forgiven you. All you have to do is receive it. Amen. Amen. Um, and he also, um, Pastor Paul also spoke about, um, have you forgiven yourself? Have you forgiven yourself? That's another big one, a stumbling block for us, a, a stunting of our growth, if we can't get past that one. So, I want to speak on a few things this morning. I want to try and put some wheels on this, because like I said, we've been speaking about forgiveness in our life group, and one of the biggest things is, but how? But how do I forgive someone when they've done so much to hurt me, and they're, and they're not acting like, you know, they, they, they even need to be forgiven for anything? <laughs> yeah, how, do, how do I move forward with this? Well, the, the start, what God told me, the start is that we need to recognize our own need for forgiveness. Amen? Now, this is one, personally, that has been a journey for myself, because when I came to the Lord, I thought that I had it all figured out. Like, I, I thought, well, I've, I've got nothing, really, to be forgiven for. I've done, done a couple of things, but, you know, I'm a pretty good person, really. And, um, and what, what do I, you know, asking God for forgiveness for my sins just sounded so heavy. It sounded like something that a murderer or a, 
or a drug addict or something like that, should, they should be doing that, repenting for their sins. But for me, I'm a good person, raised well. I do good by people. So repenting for my sins was a, a bit heavy for me. I didn't recognize the gravity of God's forgiveness. And so we need to, um, we need to first recognize that we need to be forgiven and then the magnitude of that forgiveness for us. Amen? Because like, like Alan Stevenson said, we can't give what we haven't got. If we haven't received, we can't give. Amen? So in Matthew 18, 23 to 35, and this, these verses have been shared already, um, but they are important for, for forgiveness. I'm not going to share the actual verses, but you can look it up yourself. It's about the forgiving debtor. And Jesus tells a parable, when Peter asked him, how many times should I forgive someone? He says, seven times, 70 times. And he said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like, you've got a, a, a master and a servant, and the servant owes, owes the master um, 10,000 uh, talents, I think it is, 10,000 talents, and which is a huge debt. I looked this up, and this is important to grasp just how much we've been forgiven from. This is the parable Jesus is saying. 10,000 talents equated in that time, there's a few uh, conflicting calculations out there, but the one that I got, 10,000 talents equates to 200,000 years of work for a laborer in that time. To earn enough to pay that debt, that worker would have to work for 200,000 years and not take anything out for his living costs. So this is the, the, the gravity of what he's facing. This is my debt to you, to his master. And his master says, right, well, you're going to be thrown into, into prison for this. You're going, to, you know, you're going to be punished for this. And this guy pleaded with his master, and the master had mercy on him and said, okay, well, I've, I'll forgive you the debt. Just wiped off 200,000 years worth of work. I don't know how much you guys earn in a year, but multiply that by 200,000. And this guy just went, Yeah, okay, don't worry about it. And then the guy that was forgiven took off down the road, feeling a lot lighter, and came across a fellow servant who owed him money. Now, the amount that he owed him was 100 denarii, and one denarii was a day's work for them. So, 100 days' work. And the same thing happened. And this servant begged, he said, please, please just give me time, give me time to work it off, I'll get it back to you. And the servant that had been forgiven by his master had absolutely no forgiveness in his heart and just said, no, I'm not forgiving you of this. And of course, when the master found out about it, he said, well, you're going to suffer judgment for your debt now as well, because I have given you this forgiveness, 200,000 years worth of forgiveness and you couldn't even afford a hundred days of forgiveness for your friend or for your fellow servant. So if we apply that to ourselves, Christ, when he was on the cross, one of the things he said was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. See, confirmation from Kerry's testimony, the same prayer that she prayed. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Who knows that he wasn't actually specifically praying just for those present, just for those that nailed him to the cross? Because why was he on the cross? He was on the cross for the sins of the world. He was on the cross for you and I. 
So when he said, Father, forgive them for what they, uh, forgive them for they know not what they do, he was talking about me. He was talking about you. So we have been afforded a great debt of forgiveness because Christ paid the price for that. We were not taken out of, uh, we were not taken out from the judgment. Uh, it's, it's not like the, the slate was just wiped clean for no reason. There was a price that had to be paid because God is wholly just, wholly just and wholly loving. He wanted a way for us to be reconciled with Him. He wanted us to be able to come back into the fold with Him, but there had to be a judgment made for the separation for the sin of people. So God, being wholly just and wholly loving, came up with a plan that only God could do and sent His Son to pay the full price for all sin, for all sin that has been, that will be, that is to come, that is and will be to come. And, and so He fulfilled the law rather than abolished it. So recognize that, that you have, a price has been paid for you. And so once we really recognize that, once we really recognize just the gravity of God's forgiveness for us, then we can walk in freedom and have the freedom to forgive others. Amen? And have the freedom to forgive others. Now, repentance is what unlocks this recognition for us. So to repent, it means to actually recognize where you are, turn 180, not 360, because that's going back the same way, but turn 180 from where we recognize we were and walk the other way, follow Christ. It means accepting that He has died on the cross for us, accepting that He has paid a price for us, and accepting that we are now free, free from sin, free from fear, free from condemnation, free from whatever tied the old man who died with him so that we can follow Christ. Amen. So repentance is the first key in unlocking that forgiveness for us. God has forgiven us. We just need to unlock it. Amen. And receive it. It's recognition of just how much we have been forgiven and enables us to receive that forgiveness. Now, how we walk out that forgiveness in our lives, then this is, this is going to be a, a real... I talk about my my personal walk with this because I've had to recognize areas that I've needed to forgive, forgive myself and forgive others. I mean, one area in particular, which is crucial to everybody here who is married, is marriage, you know? Marriage can be one of the places where we are reluctant to forgive. I know I, know I am because I'm never wrong, you see? So it's very hard to apologize for something when you're not wrong, you know? Can I get an amen? Yeah. And all the men said, amen. <laughs> See, I have, I've skipped the first step here. I haven't recognized that actually I need to ask for forgiveness here as well and certain things, right? But in marriage, one of the quickest things to diffuse a situation is just straight forgiveness. And, um, and what does forgiveness look like? Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice of how you are now going to react to an external influence or something that's come into your life. 
It's a decision. People say, I can't forgive. You always have a choice in whatever way you react. Sometimes it's a very difficult choice, but praise God, we have a big God, we have a strong Jesus, and He lives inside us. And it's through Him, like Carrie was sharing, she couldn't forgive. She couldn't muster the, she couldn't muster, you couldn't muster the courage to forgive yourself. But she has invited Christ into, his, into her life, and He has the power to forgive. I tell you, He's already forgiven that person, and that's why God's asking you to have an attitude of forgiveness towards that person. I tell you, we have a choice on how to react to hurt or betrayal. We have a choice of what to do with bitter thoughts. There is a professor, Robert Enright, who spent, I think it's 30 years of his life, he's pioneered the study of forgiveness. He's a psychology professor, he's a registered psychologist, and he's, uh, he's like written the book in the world on, uh, on forgiveness and the effects it has on your life. And this is from an excerpt of a document that he wrote. When you forgive someone, you make the choice to give up your desire for revenge. Who knows that you, can, you have this desire to hold on to grudges, and sometimes they're a bit hard to let go of. And you know that there's a hurt there, and you know that it's causing you anxiety. I tell you what, that, that anxiety and that, that unforgiveness, it doesn't have any power over the person that, that you need to forgive. It only has power over you. And you're allowing something to have authority over you. You're allowing, and it's not even that person that you're allowing to have authority, it is unforgiveness itself that you are allowing to have authority over your person, and that has very tangible effects on your health, on your spiritual walk, on your growth, on your relationship with God. God said, if you have resentment in your heart for a brother, and you're coming to me to ask me for something, if you're coming to the altar to offer something to me, turn around and go sort it out with your brother before you come back to me. Unforgiveness and resentment can affect your closeness to God. He's there, but it's you. You are separating yourself with resentment and unforgiveness. And so we have a choice of what to do there. It says, um, you make the choice to give up your desire for revenge and feelings of resentment. You also stop judging the person who caused you hurt. Ooh. Instead of resent, revenge, resentment, and judgment, you show generosity, compassion, and kindness. You substitute your negative with positive feelings, thoughts, and behavior. So, my encouragement to you, and I really want to spend some time praying with some people after this, because forgiveness is, is like an epidemic in the church at the moment. You know, it, it, it is a blockage. If you feel like you're not moving forward, if you feel like your health is not progressing the way it should be, if you feel like there's a rift between you and a brother or a sister in God, or if you feel that there's, there's some bitterness inside of you, if something's hurting, I want to pray with you today. Because, there's, because unforgiveness is almost always at the root of these things. I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life, and I've seen it in, in, in my relationships around me. I've seen it in church life. I've seen it out in work life. I've seen it in marriage. Unforgiveness is something. Look within and see if there's any resentment there or bitterness there. Because if we can tear that root of bitterness out, you are going to be freed you'll realize it actually has very little to do with that person or the person that you need to forgive. It has very little to do with them. It's actually just something that you're holding on to. It's something else that you're giving authority over your life. Didn't Christ say that He died so that we could be free from all other authorities bar Him? 
And I tell you what, bitterness does not come from Christ. So if you are bitter, if you are holding on to something, you can be sure that you are putting yourself back into shackles that He has freed you from. Don't make that decision. Don't make that mistake. Step back out of those shackles. They have no authority over you, just like fear has no authority over you. Addiction has no authority over you. Unforgiveness also has no authority over you. Amen. Our attitude towards others is actually a reflection of our relationship with God. In 1 John 4, 20 to 22, it says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. I love how sometimes the Bible uses strong language. You know, it's, it's pretty black and white in, in, in a few things. If you claim to love God, but you've got something against a brother or sister in God, the word is saying that you're a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Therefore, our attitude towards others is a reflection of our own relationship with God. Feel like you're not hearing from God the way that you used to? Feel like you're not, you're not seeing him move in your life like the, like the way you used to? Your prayers, you feel like they're hitting a wall? God's there. He's listening. Sometimes there's a shift that, that He needs us to make, amen, so that we can open the door, amen? Yeah. And that's uh, that other scripture, Matthew 5, 23 to 24, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. God's heart is always for reconciliation. Yeah, amen. And, and I've heard a lot, um, you know, oh yeah, I can, I can forgive them, but I, I don't have to like them. <laughs> I don't have to be nice to them. My challenge is, if, if you say you've forgiven somebody, but there's still something stopping you from doing what God wants you to do in your life, if you're not attending a function because this other person is there, or if you are still thinking negatively because your thoughts, we are meant to take captive all our thoughts, if you are still thinking negatively about a person, I mean, I don't believe that you can truly forgive someone and then still hold bitterness for them. So my challenge to you would be, God's heart is always for reconciliation, and it doesn't say in His Word, you can reconcile with some people, but never mind the ones you don't really feel like it. It's true, I mean, it's, it's the Word of God. And so, my challenge is, and, and forgiveness, in my experience, is not something that can, I mean, it can happen overnight, but for some people, it can be a process, it can be a journey. But I'm asking, are you on that journey? Or have you just said, nah, they're beyond, they're beyond my forgiveness. I tell you what, God, not one person did Christ say, nah, they're a bit beyond I'll just, I'll just forgive, I'll just do this act and pay for the sins of these people, but these ones, they're a little bit beyond help, so I'm, I'm going to reserve my forgiveness just for, you know, this half of the congregation, they've been good, these ones, I've seen what you guys have been up to this week, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, Christ didn't do that with us, you know, He meted out forgiveness for everybody, His plan is the same for you and I and, the, and Joe Bloggs down the street, no matter what they're doing, no matter what they've done, no matter what you've done, no matter what I've done. The forgiveness is there for us to receive, amen? 
And so when we are metering out forgiveness, should we hold back? Should we hold back? Not saying that you shouldn't be discerning about what you do and whether you put your family in danger or yourself in danger, but your forgiveness should not be holding you back from your walk with Christ, from your relationship with God, from your interaction with people, from your always seeking reconciliation and restoration of relationship. This is what God is all about. Yeah. Forgiveness actually heals us. And this is something even the world has cottoned on to. There are studies upon studies upon studies of the correlation or the relationship between the forgiving heart and physical health. If you're suffering from an ailment, I'm not saying it's the reason for all of it, but forgiveness will go a long way towards restoring your health, not just physically, but spiritually, you know? The, the link of, of, of your forgiveness to your physiology is documented by non-Christians. It's, it's documented by the world. It's, 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 it's just plain fact. So God, why is, why is forgiveness so important to Him? Because He wants us to live free. Because, because He has given us the commission to go out and share His love. And we can't do that unless we also adopt His forgiving nature. Amen? So if you really want to bound and leap and, and charge forward in your faith with God and you want to take ground for the kingdom, I know I do. I know I do. I want to be doing God's will on this earth. And if I'm going to be doing God's will on this earth, I need to be adopting His loving, forgiving nature. And it's a challenge, and it's a walk, and it's a journey. But isn't everything in God? Don't we all know that just be becoming a Christian is not the end of trial? It's the beginning of where trial forms you into the person God wants you to be. It's the beginning of where trial actually means something, where challenge actually does something, where blocks are being built upon block upon block upon block inside you so that you can forge forward and take ground for the kingdom as He sees fit in your life. So if you're facing a challenge, I say take joy in it this morning, church. Be joyful in it. If you find it hard to forgive someone, take joy in that and do it anyway. Work towards forgiveness. It's just another trial that God is going to form you into the person that you are called to be, the person you already are in the heavenly realms. You're not breaking new ground here. He has established a calling for you already since before the beginning of time, since before He created the earth. He had a calling for you and a purpose for you. And He is giving you roadmap after roadmap after roadmap of how to get there. And one of them is just forgiving. Forgiving. Hallelujah. This is the last sermon on this, but it's such an important concept. And I really want you to, if you walk away with nothing else, I want you to come up at the end of this and receive some prayer. And I will... I will pray with you because I want to see people freed from this. I want to see people freed from unforgiveness. Amen. And if you think it's too hard, nothing is too hard for your God. Nothing is too hard for my Jesus. He is sovereign over everything. Everything. It's right there um, in Alan Stevenson shared this verse as well, the, the, um, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The very next verse after this says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Why, out of that whole prayer, would the next verse be reiterating forgiveness? Because everything in our walk, everything in our walk starts with forgiveness. We are forgiven from the get-go. And everything starts there. So everything else in our walk will start with forgiveness. Restoration of relationships starts with forgiveness. Building up of a healthy marriage starts with forgiveness. Restoration of, of health starts with forgiveness. Restoration of finance starts with forgiveness. This is, this, is, this is what I'm seeing again and again in the Word. So I'm encouraging you, forgive. But as we've heard before, we can't give what we don't have. Amen? So if you're trying to draw from your own well, your own well, without having Christ abide in you, you are drawing from a finite well. It will run out. It will run out. You can be the most forgiving, loving person, but if you're not drawing from the well of Christ, it will run out. So first and foremost, I want to give an opportunity this morning. If you do not know Christ, if you have not received the forgiveness that He's laid out for you, if you don't even know what it means, I encourage you this morning to make a commitment to Him, just as Kerry did. Kerry didn't know who Jesus was, and she committed her life, and He freed her. And it was a journey after that, but every trial that she went through was a building block going better and better and higher and higher and stronger and stronger. And I want to help you lay that foundation this morning.